Hi everyone, I'm Ksenia and I'm Anna and you're listening to CareerZilla, a podcast where people from all over the world share their stories about career change. If you always dreamt of having a new job, a new career, but was not quite sure where to start, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned to learn secret hacks and tricks about career transformation from our guests. Every second and fourth Thursday of the month, our guests will share with you their stories on how to advance career. We are talking to Svenja Busson, who is a founder at LearnSpace and EdTechTour. She is also an author of the book Exploring the Future of Education. Welcome, Svenja. Thank you for finding some time to join us. Hi, and thank you for inviting me on your podcast today. Could you please introduce yourself and explain to us why you are so interested in future of education and future of work? Well, um, yeah, it's been five years now that I'm working in this field, um, the field of, you know, education, learning and, and, and work. Um, and, um, and I've started, I'm, I started when I was still a student and I was quite frustrated and I, I wanted to see how we could learn differently. So I, I toured the world and I looked for uh, good practices and innovations in, in learning uh, in schools, universities, but also in, in companies, because, you know, we never cease to learn. We, we learn uh, on a lifelong basis and we have to learn on a lifelong basis um, because, you know, skills are evolving, jobs are evolving, disappearing, um, being recreated in another form. So we have to adapt and learn constantly. So, you know, I've been to 19 uh, countries uh, as of today and, uh, and still continuing to travel when I can and when I'm not stuck in Paris because of Corona. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's, uh, it's quite fascinating. And I'm also running a consultancy called LearnSpace. And we help, you know, we help schools, universities with pedagogical innovations, with implementing these innovations. Do you believe that lifelong learning would become a reality for every single human being on the planet? Or you think that it would be really restricted to rather some specific professions, like maybe scientists, people who are working in some innovation or management? No, we see that lots of different jobs are, you know, currently uh, under pressure. Um, so I do think that, uh, you know, most jobs uh, require you to be a lifelong learner. If you want to succeed, if you want to evolve in your job, you have to learn, you have to learn new skills. I don't, I don't really think of any job that would not require, um, some, some learning, uh, along the way. Um, but, um, but yeah, of course there are some jobs that are more intention than, than others. But I do think that every, everyone should develop these, these lifelong learning, uh, skills. Learning can be a very challenging process. How can we make it more interesting and enjoyable for everyone? I think, you know, it's learning is not really done the right way right now in, in schools, universities and, 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 and companies, trainings. I think, you know, we, we can uh, learn in a, in a playful, engaging way. 
it's not the reality in most institutions right now, unfortunately, but it's also our job at, at LearnSpace, for example, to uh, train the trainers, train the teachers to these new pedagogies, these new ways of teaching. Uh, for example, teaching in the flipped classroom way where you know you uh, empower students to basically uh, teach the class themselves um, and the professor is just watching and giving some inputs some feedbacks um, then you have you know game-based learning which can be really really fun um, it, you can use video games you can create board games to learn I mean lots of other ways to make it to make it really fun and and and, and i think the most important part is to uh, make you know the student the learner um to basically engage the learner uh, as as much as possible uh, and how do you engage a learner you engage the learner when and they are really um yeah focused on what they're doing so when they are um, basically interacting with each other when they are making projects when they're solving problems uh, these are the ways that you know you can use to engage learners and unfortunately nowadays you know classrooms are teacher centric and not learner centric Trick and uh, and the knowledge is, is quite uh, is, is delivered in a, in a top down way, which is not working at all. What is working is to really make these learners participate, to engage them, uh, and and to to get conversations going. Uh, so yeah, that's what we called active learning, uh, and that should be you know the the new norm. I mean. That's what I'm uh, fighting for: is that active learning gets to every classroom in this in this world. Yeah. When we talk about lifelong learning, we also talk about learning at work. That means that every manager in the 21st century is responsible not only for managing people and organizing tasks, but also for engaging them in the learning process. How do you see the role of a manager in this lifelong learning journey? Yeah, I think as you as you just said, it's uh, their role is crucial. Um, and in most companies, managers don't really allow their people to go, you know, into trainings or to take too much time off to uh, uh, to 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 get trained or to learn something. I really think that they play the key role, basically, and and they need to to help their uh, their employees, their team members, to find opportunities to learn, to push them, um, to 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 get trained on the topic you know that that they want or are on the skills that they need to acquire uh, to get better at their job but the to also give them some kind of open opportunity to learn whatever they want. I think that's also important, that I will increase the curiosity and motivation of their team members. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's absolutely key. But, you know, nowadays managers are, you know, under pressure. They need to deliver. They need uh, to keep an eye on the KPIs. And so they, they, they quite often forget, you know, the importance of, um, of learning. Uh, but obviously managers, you know, uh, are also managed uh, by by top managers and by the board and by the CEO of the company. So it should really come from the top. And I think the whole company culture should change. It's not just managers. How do you see the role of the governments in this lifelong learning? How can they support both employers and employees within it? In some countries, the government play a really important role. I mean, at least a financing one. Um, and that's already important. Um, but, you know, there's so much a government can do. I mean, it's 
very important to to finance uh, the the to training in France, we have a, a wonderful program called CPF, where every employee has some rights to get money every year to choose a training and get trained on the topic of their choice. It's really important. But if the company culture doesn't change, if this employee who has this money from the state to, to get trained, participate to a training, if the company he or she works in isn't in that mindset, doesn't have this learning culture, it's going to be really hard um, for, for them to find the time to get trained. So I really think that the state has an important role to play. I think it should play a financing uh, role. It should uh, also uh, make sure that there's some kind of obligation to get trained a certain number of, uh, of hours per year. Um, but you still basically need the right learning culture inside organizations, in my opinion. We talked today a lot about lifelong learning and how it will shape the future of work. Can you give us some other examples of the major trends that will shape workplace in the 21st century? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really keen on uh, the idea also of how to flatten decision making and, and management uh, topics, so that you know we don't have such pyramidal. Um, organizations anymore but uh, organizations where decision making is uh, is more distributed and um, and so I'm really I worked a bit on on that topic and I, I really strongly think that it makes a huge impact on the engagement of employees when you know they have their own scope they're responsible for something um, and um, and they're responsible for the decision making of you know, even if it's a very small part, a very small role in the company, to give each employee this responsibility is important to really engage them and motivate them. And I think, you know, I, I'm seeing lots of companies completely changing their their culture, their management, um, companies completely erasing the, the management roles and, and having people co-manage themselves. I mean, it's a whole new culture that I really think is, is interesting um, because, yeah, I think the new generation uh, is, is basically not at ease in, in these pyramidal organizations. Um, and, and, um, and they will change these organizations with time. It will take time. But, um, but yeah, and I think it will be for the best, definitely. You highlighted two skills that are very important at work today, problem solving and critical thinking. Do you think that there are some other critical soft or hard skills that will increase employability of any candidate in every industry? Would they, these skills be different in 2030? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And when you look at um, uh, you know, the top 10 skills uh, from the World Economic Forum, I really suggest to discover the new report, Future of Jobs 2020. Uh, you see that you know, skills are appearing as being fundamental, like skills like emotional intelligence, uh, skills like um, uh, adaptability, being able to uh, deal with stress, um, skills like creativity, thinking outside of the box. Um, and so, yes, these skills appear to be essential and, and, and are like obviously soft skills. Um, I'm not saying that the hard skills are not important anymore. Of course they are, but they're not as relevant because hard skills can disappear, uh, change, uh, be remodeled 
Um, soft skills are important basically to to develop constantly new hard skills, new skills um, altogether, and um, and to have that mindset of adaptability, which is so important right now because we have to adapt to a number of things. You know, we have to adapt to this Corona crisis. We have to adapt to digitization of jobs. We have to adapt to so many things, and it's going to be uh, much more adaptation coming in the next few years. So. Um, Skills like critical thinking, problem solving, you know, emotional intelligence, dealing with stress, being adaptable are absolutely key um, to move forward uh, in today's world, definitely. I definitely agree with you, but I find it's also a little bit challenging when you probably systematically would like to approach the development of soft skills and want really to increase your value and increase your emotional intelligence, your creativity, your critical thinking and all other aspects. How would you approach this systematic development of the soft skills? Because unfortunately, we never learned it at school or at university. Mm, yeah, that's quite unfortunate indeed. Some countries are leading the way now in Finland and in Denmark. Uh, emotional intelligence and empathy is now taught in schools. So that's a big step forward. Yeah, quite forward thinking. Um, so it's changing. I mean, now some countries are adopting these new, uh, these new soft skills and say, okay, how can we teach that to kids? As you say, uh, it's not taught in most schools right now and most universities. So how How do we learn them? How do we teach them? And I think, you know, you can learn to be creative. You can learn to be adaptable. You can learn to think critically. Um, I really think that these skills can be learned by anyone. And so it's quite important that companies take the responsibility to create trainings, to create courses, to teach these skills. I would almost say, you know, make them uh, available to everyone and make sure that everyone take these um, these classes, these courses. Um, at the same time, you cannot teach creativity in a top-down way, you know, in a classroom where one trainer talks and uh, and the, the learners listen. So you really also have to find the right teaching modes, active teaching modes, so that uh, these skills can be taught in a very effective way. You are a managing director at LearnSpace, which is a learning innovation hub based in Paris. And uh, you are concentrated on the transmission of this knowledge about the latest achievements in psychology of learning, for example, to schools, to universities, to companies, that people can really know how to learn in the best way, in the most efficient way. Could you maybe share with us a couple of tips uh, what you find particularly helpful and interesting in terms of learning? Mm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we, we help... Um... We help a lot of companies uh, develop a very important skill, which is learning how to learn. Um, but if you learn and if you know how to learn, if you know yourself well enough to know how to learn most efficiently, then you can learn approximately everything. So, um, so yeah, we're really focused on that. And we basically develop trainings with, as you say, psychologists, uh, neuroscientists, that you know know exactly what the you know how the brain works um, and um, and and how the brain best learns. So um, what we know nowadays and some tips and tricks is that 
we have some different modes of learning. We have the diffuse mode and the focus mode. And so it's important when you learn something, when you're really focused on, on your learning, to give yourself some breaks uh, to get your brain into a diffuse mode. So diffuse mode is basically having a 10 minutes nap or having, you know, a break, uh, chatting with your colleague uh, over coffee, uh, walking down the street, uh, you know, just so that your brain can um, you know, get a bit of rest before it gets back into, into the focus mode. And that's also very useful when you work uh, it doesn't work basically when you work intensively for hours and hours it's, it's often very efficient and you will be much more concentrated afterwards if you give yourself some breaks um, and get into the diffuse mode there's another thing uh, quite obvious but not obvious enough for for most people uh, sleep plays a huge role in your learning process and people often don't sleep enough, uh, think that, you know, they should uh, uh, learn uh, during night and not sleep. And, and, and basically, no, um, the sleep has some really tremendous um, effect and impact on, on, on what you learn during the day. Uh, it basically, it's the time where your brain is really making some kind of, you know, is, is, making sure that that the informations that you learned uh, get processed and that uh, memory can work on on that and and yeah so it's it's really important to have a very good night of sleep especially in the learning process especially when you're learning something new to give really yourself yourself the time to uh, to 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 sleep so yeah these are you know these are some examples of, of tips and, and and tricks that we that we give uh, people that we train on the topic of learning how to learn but yeah, it's another very important soft skill, I would say. Learning is surrounded by many prejudices. Some people believe that they can learn, uh, let's say, a new language or a new skill set, such as coding or programming, only before a certain age. Once they get yeah. older, this becomes impossible. How one can tackle this prejudice? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the neuromyths that we, we know of. I show some uh, papers from neuroscientists that show that age doesn't play a role in learning uh, and that we create new neurons, uh, you know, uh, at any age, uh, any age range. Um, uh, on a lifelong basis, we can create new neurons. And that's a recent discovery that shows that, you know, uh, our brains are, are not... Uh, uh, damaged over over time of course your your concentration might be a bit uh, uh, you know a, a bit more tricky um, um, when you get older but basically you can learn anything at any age uh, that's that's what that's what science shows us so I try to reassure people when when they ask me if if their age is a, is a, is a barrier uh, it's not your brain is perfectly capable to learn new things there's another neuromyth um, that says that some people are more visual other are more um, auditive uh, other more kinesthetic 
when they learn uh, and that's a complete myth i mean we all learn the same way we learn when our brain is actively engaged uh, and for our brain to be actively engaged we have to be engaged we have to do things while learning we cannot just sit passively and listen you know to to a teacher or a trainer we need to be in action we need to uh, play you know roles or have you know a project uh, going on or solve problems or uh, debate with our peers i don't know but um yeah there are numerous activities learning activities that makes you engaged and these are uh what what you should focus on um and 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 not you know the audio or the visuals or yeah that's 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 a huge myth Definitely. And still, if now you would talk to someone very young who is just starting his or her career in 2020, which is probably definitely not the best year to start uh, a career, unfortunately, what would you tell to this person? What would you advise him or her to focus on? Mm, that's a very good question. Um, I would, you know, if I were to start my career in this year, I would, you know, try to find a company that has some working culture of, of learning, lifelong learning, um, and also, you know, uh, a new manage a new way to 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 deal with management i think that that would be important for me if i if i were to start obviously you know remote a remote working culture is also i think a very important point especially nowadays um and uh, and yeah what i would do is i would be very careful i would i would uh, basically ask for trainings i would uh, um make sure that my voice is heard um, and not stay in, in companies where, you know, uh, nobody wants to hear your thoughts and, and where you cannot really express uh, yourself. I think that's such a shame. Um, it's, it's important for me to, uh, to basically influence the culture uh, in, in saying what you have to say and, 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 and using your critical thinking skills to, uh, to move things forward uh, and not stay passive. So yeah, I would, I would be careful on all of these things and I would really recommend these uh, youngsters to be as engaged as possible and, 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 and dare. Uh, there to, to speak up and to say what they what they have to say. Thank you very much, and we will finish our conversation with these beautiful thoughts. Thank you for your time and this interesting discussion. Thank you for being with us. If you are interested to learn more about career transitions, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links in the podcast description. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Stay tuned!